What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit w2mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. It's gonna be a football game tonight now. No doubt. It's gonna be a football game here. Okay. I, I don't been here before. All right, let's go, baby. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback! Watson, touchdown, Hunter Renfro, little man makes another enormous play, one second remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max. Your host, Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Randy Isbell. Hello and welcome to another Football to the Max Saturday night, Sunday morning edition here as uh, the Chiefs and Chargers game just ended a few minutes ago and well, it was an interesting game for a while. It was was kind of close until they blew, Philip Rivers started doing his thing where he's forcing the ball and Marcus Peters was already having one heck of a game and threw interceptions. Uh, yeah, it. the Kansas City made incredible adjustments on defense because, really, the Chargers struggled to move the ball at vast times in the passing game. Yes, they had some big plays, but... It wasn't until they started getting their running game organized like the Chiefs did pretty much from the first snap that they started to get sustained drives together. Then Phillip Rivers, being the Riverboat gambler that he is, the rest is history. Yeah, I mean, the, the I think the main takeaway here is that not only did the defense play well, forcing four turnovers... Uh, for the Chargers, it was also Kareem Hunt had one heck of a day, over 200 yards of scrimmage, 155 of those rushing, and then about 50 or so more of those uh, catching 
he had a touchdown taken away as well on the the catch that eh, kind of was not was wasn't it hit the ground it didn't hit the ground deal. You you know that rule just like with the fingertips being on the ball as the front nose breaks the front plane of the goal line as we established way back in Super Bowl thirty five. This is a rule to where if Mercury's Mercury's in retrograde and the moon is shining at a particular angle down on the roof of the stadium and the point of the ball hitting the ground at a seventy eight degree angle, it's not going to be a catch. God. He's not and kidding. First, it is that convoluted, really. This yes. Oh, and trust me, I was there looking weird and wild-eyed as a 14-year-old, or not even quite then, during Super Bowl 35, and I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to have to deal with this again. Fast forward through the years. Uh, that That is very much true. <laughs> the... I think the crux of this, too, is also how good this defense was because Melvin Gordon is not only your leading rusher, as you'd expect, 78 yards, he runs a touchdown in. He actually got, you know, four yards of carry. He was doing pretty good uh, running, but he's also your leading pass catcher because the rest of the defense pretty much controlled that offense. Uh, you know, Tyrell Williams had a couple of ones that he could have caught down the field that he didn't. I'm sure he might have wished he would have had, uh, you know, that back. Austin Eckler had that really costly fumble where the Chargers had a shot at the beginning of the third where I think the game kind of turned on that because after that the Chiefs really started kind of taking control. And then, yeah, Keenan Allen was 54 yards. Tyrell Williams, 31, Hunter Henry, 28. Antonio Gates' only catch is that touchdown. So that that Kansas City defense was getting pressure on Phillip Rivers. And they were, Marcus Peters and the rest of the guys were, were controlling things so that Rivers couldn't find his receivers. No, and even Darrell Revis starting to get into a little bit of a rhythm a little bit of a rhythm in that Chargers secondary. So I think things are finally trending back upwards, and we're seeing more of the Kansas City team that we saw those first five weeks of the season. Yeah, certainly the last three games that offense has been back to uh, what they were uh, before. And... Mm. I think that's what you need right now from this team is they when the when the defense is playing well that de- that team plays well but their main driver is that offense and Alex Smith playing up to the Alex Smith that we saw at the beginning of the season not the one that's in the slump they've you've had fans calling for his head wanting Mahomes played much better tonight he got sacked only once he was twenty three for thirty. I don't think you can ask uh, for better than that. Had two touchdowns himself. Uh, yeah. So. And the fact that even in the first half alone, he had over 180 yards just in the first half. And even if you take away the 64-yard bomb to Mr. Peace sign Tyreek Hill, he still had a fantastic night. Yeah, he did. And again, the Chiefs went out. Yes, they were at home. 
but they went out and won a game that they needed to win. This is the kind of thing with the Chargers that happens all the time. When, and, and this is why Chargers fans are mad, but the, but they should be mad because the team looks bad right now for beating a bunch of chump teams or teams that were on a downtrend when they played them. They go and play a divisional opponent that they needed to win to continue to be in the hunt. Now, granted, they're not out of it, but now they need the Chiefs to lose two games, pretty much. Right, because even because now you have the head-to-head sweep. Yeah. And even if you lose and you wind up with the same record, yes, you got the head-to-head against you. Yes, you got division record against you. Well, those you. two would already beat you there. So. Well, yeah, with the head-to-head, yes, but even in the scenario to where it's a three-way tie. The that Chiefs div- win there, too. Right, because division record. So, yes, they need the Chiefs to basically collapse again, and you're still in the exact position you were in going into tonight's game having to win out. I can't say too much about that now. I mean, obviously... It really depends on, you know, what happens with uh, the Dolphins and their game against the Bills, right? Because if the Dolphins mm-hmm. beat the Bills, they're going to be much more motivated to go in there against Kansas City and try to get that win. Mm-hmm. If the Dolphins lose, they have really slim chances at that point, especially with a loss in the division to the Bills to to get one of those wild card spots so you know it, the Ravens would have to lose also which doesn't look likely against the Browns team uh, you know you'd have to have I'm trying to think of who else said uh, the Jaguars or well probably more like the Titans would have to continue to lose which may at least for this game may or may not happen so, yes, because yeah. right now, if the Titans are much more likely if you're trying to get into some sort of wild card spot, because guess what? Jacksonville, we can only hope they do well and they beat Houston because that series has produced some unexpected results over the years. But if that happens, the Jaguars can continue their pursuit with an outside chance at a first round bye. Right, yeah. I mean, the Dolphins, Dolphins and Bills have to watch it for each other here because mm-hmm. the Titans could pretty much sew up one of the wild card spots if they beat the 49ers, which again isn't with the way they've been playing under Garoppolo isn't a done deal. Mm-hmm. But then you know the Jaguars, you would presume, would go and beat a Texans team that, even though. You know, Savage is finding Deronder Hopkins. They're not finding much else. With the Jaguars' defense, they should be able to take care of that. Then you have, you know, you'd imagine the Ravens are going to take care of the Browns. So that game is is huge, not only in that division, but also uh, to make sure you've got a handle on one of the wild wild card spots. And then, you know, depending on what happens with Dallas and, and Oakland as well. Yeah, because, again, you've got Oakland pursuing, chasing down spots themselves. I mean, this 
Ugh, this AFC race is so convoluted, and now it's proving more and more. Nine and seven is going to create a playoff logjam. You might wind up with one, if not both, wild cards, and maybe a division champ as well at nine and seven getting in. Yeah, so the Chargers, I just have to win one of two to mm-hmm. clinch the division again. Depending a lot on what happens this week, you could see the Chiefs do it, you know, this week coming up. Uh, The Broncos did take care of the hapless Colts with Brock Osweiler having a career day on Thursday with one rush. Ing touchdown. Well, probably he he probably had better games overall uh, during his stint with the Super Bowl year, but had a pretty good game against the, you know, those Colts. A rushing touchdown and two throwing touchdowns. Uh, probably won't say that much more this, you know, that again this year. But again, no. it's the Colts defense. Yeah. So, first of all, Osweiler was only in the game because Trevor Simeon suffered a shoulder injury. Second of all, let's face it: were there any redeeming factors to that twenty-five thirteen Broncos win aside from the double throwbacks? Really? No. Alrighty then, enough said. Needless, I'm going to say, just for the purposes of this show, there were shenanigans with me personally that night, but I saw what I needed to see. <laughs> the other game that happened on Saturday, uh, much more clear cut, I think, as far as the Lions uh, were leading the Bears 20-3 to going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Trubisky... Actually had a good day numbers-wise. Uh, was able to get the touchdown uh, at the end to make the score look better. But the Lions had that game and sort of had it handily uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Winning a game that they should win, taking care of business, dropping the Bears to 4-10, and 10, and uh, dropping them into some of the lower spots. Taking their lumps with a rookie quarterback. The Lions stay in playoff contention. Uh, hoping or waiting to see what happens with the the Rams, the Seahawks, and obviously what happens with the Packers and uh, Panthers as well. I know a lot. I know for the sake of seeding and everything else, you needed the Lions to to lose here. Uh, but I think, or I mean, as far as you know, the Cowboys go, but. Mm-hmm. With games coming up for the Lions, I think you want the Lions to still be in contention and then lose. Right. Uh, Because if they're, you know, if they're already losing now, some of these other teams that, you know, you might need to to win instead, uh, they're going to win. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Detroit still has another game against Minnesota. No, they have another game against Green Bay. They have the game against Green Bay at the end. Okay. Because I know that they were mentioning that because this also still puts them in contention potentially for the division. And, yeah, as far as the game itself, the Bears just got a little bit lucky converting a theoretic fumble for the field goal. The late touchdown, as you mentioned, while Mitch Trubisky... 314 yards, fantastic. Three interceptions, 
he's a rookie. They're trusting yeah. him and opening up the ball or opening up and throwing the ball even more. Which well, is plus a very... they kind of – they were able to keep Jordan Howard in check too. Yeah. Which that's a huge part of it because Jordan Howard doesn't run. That makes it to where you have to rely on Trubisky. You don't have the balanced offense. And that caused the problem. You don't have the receivers like Stafford has with Golden Tate, Marvin Jones, all those guys to be able to get the separation and create issues. With Chicago, you pretty much have nobody except for Inman. Mm-hmm. And even then, somehow last week, he got nothing. So, uh, you know, he's having to throw. Benny Cunningham was the one that caught the touchdown. So mm-hmm. at that point. You're having to throw to your backs. You're you're ha- you don't have tight ends because Zach Miller's out. So, you know, and, and even then, Stafford's touchdowns were to T.J. Jones and Eric Ebron. So it's not mm-hmm. like you had uh, great things happening for the receivers. So, <laughs> no, exactly, and, and that and that too. But I mean, the turnovers are key. Again, I think I've mentioned it several times. That's how the Lions roll. When they're able to commit turnovers, they play much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that defense plays a heck of a lot better as well when they're they're forcing those turnovers. I mean, that's for almost any defense, but Lions defense seems to really thrive on that. And they get a big win because all they then now they have the Bengals ahead, which you would think would be a win, and then you have uh, that game at the end against the Packers. And uh, this game that the Packers are playing against the Panthers this week is very important because, again, you know, you take another loss. If you're the the Packers, you could be out of contention uh, very quickly. And if you win out and go to that last game, it could be between the Lions and Packers as to who gets that last spot, too, as well. Yeah, this it's another one that's coming down to the wire and – while and on the bottom of that division, you have the Bears with their third straight double-digit loss season. At the top, you're regaining sort of your usual suspects. And now, with Aaron Rodgers coming back, this throws in a little bit of extra intrigue. Aaron Rodgers says he's not here to be the savior, but <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, stop it. Yeah, that's, so. look. You told everybody to R-E-L-A-X, relax. Then look what you went and did. Now you're telling everybody, be this. Oh, no, come on. Let, let's let be real. Well, what are you supposed to do, Aaron Rodgers? you got to go in there and you got to win these three games. I mean, it. you may not want to call it being a savior all you want, but. He knows deep down he's rep- basically he's still following a legend. Yes, is Brett Favre's shadow smaller now than what it was when he first came in and first started becoming the starting quarterback? Absolutely. But the shadow is still there. You do this, now everybody's talking about you, full stop. You know that, Aaron. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, the problem with the Packers is that uh, they they still are allowing a lot of yards through the run game, which that's how the Panthers thrive. They're going to have to really crack down on that. Uh, the Panthers, even though Greg Olson hasn't been the weapon that he has been, uh, they did play a really tough defense last week. 
uh, in the Vikings. I think this could be the game where Greg Olson comes back. Uh, this, this is probably going to wind up being a shootout game. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, and it could come down to mistakes, and that's where I think, even though this is in uh, Charlotte and everything, if I'm counting on one guy to make a mistake, it's not Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the Packers win thanks to some kind of turnover late or some kind of Aaron Rodgers magic. Either way, I think the Packers are going to get this one. Yeah, I'm trusting the Packers with Aaron Rodgers, even though he's a little bit rusty. I really like them and how they've been doing and how they're getting more of a boost. Better than I have with the inconsistency of Cam Newton and the Panther offense. And if it is a shootout game, sorry, a 50-60 yard Hail Mary. Aaron Rodgers has done that. Cam Newton hasn't. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm, if it we're counting on Hail Marys, I'm going uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but look, at Cam Newton's won his first year of games too and running the ball Aaron Rodgers may be one of those guys that's his equal so lots of things to watch this is going to be a very interesting uh, game you know the the one to obviously look at when it comes to the one o'clock window for sure but uh, you know it not that it's going to be outdone by some of the things we have in the four o'clock window we'll talk about in a little bit so let's get through the games that don't really matter uh, just just to throw them out there. Uh, Eagles and Giants doesn't matter. Do you think Nick Foles carries them through here against the Giants? Yes. I think Doug Peterson, Frank Reich are going to harness that magic that he had in Chip Kelly's system, tweak things a bit, but I think he's shown that he's good enough to wear they can do a little bit more than tread water and beat the Giants. Yeah, plus you got the running game. That's a lot of different running backs you've got to control, even if you are the Giants' front line, which has shown weakness recently with Vernon getting hurt. JPP's had some some issues, so that team has not been uh, playing in, at uh, the elite level that they, they were earlier in the season. Eli is... Trying to hold on, but seriously, it, it's not going to be enough. You're, you're still missing so many receivers and everything else for the Giants. The Eagles should still win even without Carson Wentz. The Cardinals traveling to Washington. You have the whole West Coast team playing a 1 o'clock start deal. Washington still having all the injury issues. Cardinals have been looking better under Blaine Gabbert. I know there's that rule that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, I just have no faith in the Redskins right now. Neither do I. No. Again, Kirk Cousins, he knows he's playing for a long-term deal. I think this is going to be one of the games to where he's going to have to start shopping elsewhere. I, I wonder don't. if you're the Redskins at this point, do you just try to stay at the 5 wins and see if you can maybe get into, you know, the lower tens, the, you know, the, the either lower tens or under that, or even, mm-hmm. 
you know, even if you're in the middle of the pack, it's still not bad. You could still land one of those quarterbacks or, you know, if you're set on Kirk Cousins is going to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it wouldn't surprise me. I think the Giants tried to do that under the very final hours of Ben McAdoo's tenure, and well, you see how that landed. But I think well, I'm well, not saying they're going to tank. I'm just saying. No, I I'm not. If you're saying, the Redskins, saying would it be that bad if we lost the rest of the games and just yeah. you let Kirk Cousins walk and see what you yeah, get? And I'm saying with Washington, they're approaching that same idea just in a different way, saying if we win, whatever, if we lose, we can draft better. So I really think Dan Snyder is going to be like, all right, this isn't working. Let's see if we can do it with someone else and get in a good position to do so. Yeah, I just, Blaine Garrett's been coming on well for the Cardinals right now. Uh, I just... With all the injuries on offense for the Redskins, I can't I can't trust uh, that team. Uh, I I do think it'll be close, but Cardinals should win this one. I don't know about getting 16 points over the Jets at at the dome, but the Saints uh, should win this game. Sean, no doubt. Sean, what? Bryce Petty, Bryce. Petty. Hey, the, he's shown some the, flashes. I'm not okay. I'm not gonna... The fact that you just said the line was 16 a couple yes. of days ago that a couple of days ago that line was 15. You don't see NFL big lines move to be even bigger. Come on now, Sean. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> I think the Saints are gonna win. There's. I'm not doubting that at all. I'm saying I don't think it's going to be 16 points or more. I do. I can easily see this being something along the lines of 30 to 10. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Russ Petty has a point to prove here. That, hey, if you're going to have faith in one of the quarterbacks we got here behind Josh McCown, especially if... You know, McCown could be one of those guys that maybe the Redskins go after if, say, they don't get a good spot and they have to get one of the, you know, not-so-famous quarterbacks and have to have him redshirt a year or something like that. You could go after a McCown to feel like, all right, let's just not waste this team for a year (laughs) and see what happens. But, yeah, I don't know. Saints could... Saints are going to win. I, I maybe maybe by ten, something like that, over the Jets. Uh, I'm sure, even, even though the Jets are now completely out of contention, so who knows? They could just not care at all. Uh, <laughs> speaking of lines, Minnesota's got by eleven at home against the the Bengals that have just been. You know, sometimes they look like they could be a team that's actually decent, and then a lot of times they look awful. And this has got to be that last year with Marvin Lewis. I can't imagine you're giving him another year after this again, after the way they played. Even if they were to go eight and eight, it's just you can't do it again. You gotta you gotta change regimes at this point. The Vikings need to have this win. You've got some tough games coming up after that. Well, you got one 
a tough game against the the Packers coming up. Uh, so, which could drop you. You know, you don't want to be ten and five going into that last game. Yeah, you play the Bears, and that should be another win. But you know, you only want to have the chance to drop one game out of the three. Mm-hmm. Go in, take care of business here. Show that you're still one of the powerhouses of the NFC. Do what you got to do, Case Keenum. Yeah, I think he can because Case Keenum's showing. They're still talking about what to do with Sam Bradford. I got potentially Bridgewater breathing down my neck. I got to go out and keep doing my thing to make sure I've got myself a spot on this team going into next season. And I think this could be another big game for him. And I think that'll help prove that. He's got great chemistry with Adam Thielen. I mean, Stevon Diggs, it's everything's there and it's clicking for him. And he knows it's got to keep clicking. That defense should also make Andy Dalton's life some hell as well. So that's, that should be what puts it over the top and possibly gets him those 11 points or more. Uh, the exactly. Ravens really need to just shut this thing down quickly get the win. It's probably going to be rough because it's always, for some reason, if there's a team that, you know, gives the Ravens some kind of scare, it's the Browns. And, uh, you know, it's in the dog pound. Who knows? Come on, Ravens. Browns have been playing things closer. Ravens, come on. Baltimore, you've got the city on your side. Do not disappoint me. Do not shortchange my parade now. Don't you do this. Yeah, I, 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 you know, Browns, give it to charity, Browns. You should be, you need to win one of these games, but I don't think this is going to be the one. The Ravens know that their playoff hopes are go down a bit. You, you, You put yourself way back into the pack if you lose here. You need to keep yourself above water. Uh, don't go to seven and seven and be there with a bunch of other teams. Uh, you need to stay at seven. You know, go to eight and six and and be in that prime spot for the second wild card or perhaps the first if the Titans fall, uh, which again is very likely the way the Garoppolo's been playing and the way the Titans have not been playing well. Uh, in fact, I think the 49ers are going to win that game in Santa Clara and the Titans are going to go go down so do i i don't like tennessee on the road i i I have not been convinced by tennessee at all i think the games that they've won recently have not been convincing uh if they sneak into the playoffs i i feel like they're gonna go lame right away whereas the ravens even with flacco not playing great that defense is so good that they could hold on and and win a game and i feel like this is where they got to show it here uh, against the Browns, so that takes care of that game. The Jaguars need to take care of the Texans. Uh, keep yourself in contention for that second uh, for that second spot in the the AFC. Should the Patriots fall here to the Steelers, so you know. Oh. Uh, Jacksonville by ten and a half. I mean. Yeah, and I get that, and 
of course, you're going up against the likes of Tom Savage and TJ Yates. Just Jacksonville, do not overlook this team. You had terrible habits, especially when there's playoff implications. Because even depending on which way that that Steelers-Patriots go, there are scenarios for you either way. You just have to win. Oh, exactly. Uh, you got to win. That's the important part. You ha- At this point, you play to win the game. You have to win the game. Jaguars got to keep winning these games that they should win. Uh, let, let's go into that big matchup. Pittsburgh Steelers and the Patriots. People have been talking about this one for weeks. Mike Tomlin already gave you a little preview saying that they expect to be playing the Patriots again when it matters more. What do you think? Is this one... The Steelers can can lock it up mm. if some things happen and get it, another win. So Steelers win, Jaguars loss, they get home field. Plain yeah. and simple. I don't see it happening, though. Something, yeah, something about the Patriots. They're already angry after a loss. They always game plan well. They always find holes in the Steelers' zone. They're getting Gronk back. Something about this Patriots team, they have just owned the Steelers these past few years. And as much as I love Big Ben and Antonio Brown, Brown's emerging MVP talk, I think this gets shut down right here, right now. Tom Brady does something that Patriots offense just clicks to near perfection, and the Patriots do it again. I hate to say it, but this is the reality. Yeah, Patriots rarely lose two in a row. And every time they get beat, like the way they've been beat against the Dolphins, like they got beat week one, they come back and they, I don't think they're going to annihilate the Steelers, but they come back hard. Mm-hmm. And they should be doing the same here against uh, the Steelers. It'll be close. I just think the Patriots wind up uh, getting that win, putting things back into the muddle for the AFC as far as that top spot goes, or the bye goes, and everything else. Jaguars fans are going to have to keep on holding on hope. But, hey, winning that division is still not a bad thing for the Jaguars, all things considered. Not at all. Winning the division, you're still hosting a playoff game. Who knows? You may get lucky, depending on who you would face potentially in what would likely be a 3-6 matchup. Yeah. I I think uh, that takes us to the other big game in that 4 o'clock win of the Rams and Seahawks. The battle for the NFC West. If you're the Cowboys, you need the Rams to win. Uh, Just from my perspective here. uh, (laughs) If... I don't know if you're a neutral. You might want the Seahawks to win just to make things more muddled. Uh, But... This one's so close, they have Seattle by a point <laughs> at home. Ah, the Rams won the first game. This one's difficult because the way Russell Wilson's been playing, MVP level, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams, uh, Jeff, Jared Goff gets Robert Woods back, who has been fantastic for them uh, this season. He's been there. He's been his go-to guy. Uh, that's going to be key. I think it's going to come down to a battle of the defenses. And I feel like right now I trust that Rams defensive line and the secondary a little bit more than I trust the banged-up Seattle. Um, even though that's been shown that it doesn't matter right now with Russell Wilson the way he's been playing. So experience or health, I guess. Uh, in times like this, I go with the team that's mad. Seattle's mad. I, 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 I the like, Rams have only lost one game on the road this year, so I'm well aware. But again, Seattle's mad with what happened here in Jacksonville. You've got also some fans. Uh, Still angry about what happened to the Sounders in MLS Cup. This is uh, a team no, that I is, think we're stretching it there. <laughs> you might, you might not. I don't know. This is Seattle we're talking about. These people are mad. In Seattle, let's face it, green is a color for a variety of reasons. These are kind of people that don't normally get mad. True. Yeah. These, these are the kind of people that no, don't normally get mad. I think the Falcons need to be taking care of business on Monday against the Bucks. You cannot afford a loss against Tampa Bay right now. You cannot. Tampa you Bay against Tampa Bay, you put yourself in some big trouble. Tampa Bay might be looking for a new coach. They might be looking for a new quarterback. Just like with the Dak Prescott, your Cowboys against the Giants. The time is now for Matt Ryan in these Falcons against Tampa Bay. Yeah, you need to go into Tampa Bay, that's six and a half. You need to make that happen, take care of business, move on to the next week. Don't put yourself in peril and have Tampa Bay win. I know, again, like you said, Tampa Bay's got a lot of questions lingering about Jameis Winston, about, you know, the running game, about the defense that was supposed to be improved, about Dirk Cutter, all that stuff. Keep making it happen. Again, you do not want to be 8-6 and six going into playing divisional games. Just, you don't right now. And no. that's going to be too much trouble for them. I think the Falcons know what's at stake. They go in and take care of business. And once again, the Dallas Cowboys are here on Sunday Night Football playing basically a you-lose-your-out game. Uh, the Raiders are also in this situation where they lose and you're probably out game Derek Carr is playing with Hamper uh, I think they get Michael Crabtree back but Amari Cooper just has continued to be in his slump and I think they've shut him down basically uh, for the season that the problem with the Raiders is still the secondary they they don't have one and uh, the Cowboys they don't throw the ball down the field a lot, but they have the weapons that can get through that. Uh, you, this is your last game without Zeke. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is win, and you get Zeke back for the final two. Alfred Morris, I think, will do just fine here. Uh, Cowboys offensive line should be able to take care of uh, that defensive presence on the front line. 
Navy went by three, like it says. Navy went by a touchdown. I think the Cowboys take care of business here on Sunday night. Yeah, I think with this one, Dak Prescott really saved the first part of his legacy, right the ship, and now they're carrying momentum into when Zeke comes back next week for a potential playoff push of their own. I think Dallas takes it here. They're finally giving Dak a lot better support, and he's throwing with it. Yeah, especially knowing that you got a huge game against the Seahawks next week, which is for another potential you're losing your out game. Uh, so, you know, especially if the Seahawks were to lose against uh, the Rams. So, you know, Cowboys got to get ready. They're in playoff mode. They got to win. And they have the talent to beat this Raiders team that, again, no secondary. Your receivers are a mess. Derek Carr hasn't been himself. Uh, I think that offensive line also has not been what, you know, itself either. Cowboys have been improving every week since they got out of the slump. They should show that here and get the win. And, yeah, uh, that's going to do it for us previewing uh, the games here. Uh, and also discussing what what happened. Hopefully you enjoyed your Saturday. Sunday is going to be lots of big games happening. Uh, this this week 15 is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully the the games deliver. Yeah, the, we got a little bit of a. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily readying the palette. With our amuse bouche on Thursday, but we got a pretty good appetizer today. Now we're set for the main course and hopefully at least a halfway decent dessert Monday night. You did have some uh, bowl mania happening, as well as the bowl started on Saturday. They take a break and then play again, play one every day, uh, starting on Tuesday with uh, the lane train going against Akron. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, it will be the talk of the town on the kickoff on Wednesday. Boise State beating Oregon without Willie Taggart. What a surprise. Uh, North well, Texas failing again in a bowl. Yeah, with, okay, for your North Texas, I listened to all of about five minutes of that game when I was out today. Be glad you at least kept it close. You only fell apart, what was it? In the third Started, quarter? Yeah, yeah. That That's where the, everything kind of dovetailed. Yeah, Troy scored 21 points in the third quarter. Added on another touchdown and won by 20. I mean... Yeah, 14 points in a matter of a couple of minutes. And as far as <sighs> state, of course you jump out to a 24 nothing lead. Oregon tried... Two defensive scores in a matter of about 30 seconds. But after that, that was it. Yeah, it is what it is for them, I guess. Uh, Marshall won. Middle Tennessee won uh, as well. So I don't know how that works the, with this, the Sun Belt, I guess. Both those teams look good there. With, or, well, Middle Tennessee's Conference USA, right? Oh, uh, maybe. 
Middle Tennessee is Conference USA. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So Conference USA is they are yeah like one and two right now because Western Kentucky lost to Georgia State as well. Oh well, they're two and two because Marshall beat Colorado State. Jesus, so. way too many bowl games. Yeah, way too many bowl games. Boise State, Oregon was the big one, the Las Vegas Bowl. North Texas lost to Troy, so Sun Belt got that one. Uh, Georgia State, which are they also the Sun Belt? Yes. Yes, uh, so Sun Belt got Conference USA on that as well. And then uh, Marshall beat uh, Colorado State, which is in the Mountain West. And then you got Middle Tennessee beating a Sun Belt team as well in the Arkansas State, so... Yeah. Uh yeah, Conference USA goes two and two. Sunbelt uh looking better though. They're two and one right now. And then you get what Florida Atlantic getting to write things for the Conference USA, you'd imagine, in Boca Raton of all places again. How does this team <laughs> continue to play everything in Boca Raton is hey. beyond me. I... Hey, hey, Hawaii has the Hawaii Bowl. Miami's in the Orange Bowl. Come on now. Don't do that to Florida Atlantic. Oh, come on. Miami's in the Orange Bowl because that's how that works. But Even just... when they were in an ind- as an independent in the 80s and 90s, we still got to play in the Orange Bowl. That's just luck of the draw, bro. <laughs> oh, luck of the draws, luck of the smalls, whatever. You know, actually the Hawaii Bowl is Houston and Fresno State this year. Now, because Hawaii sucked the past few years. <laughs> There's a walk. So hold on. The Independence Bowl sponsor is walk ons. That's ironic. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> well, the hey, you have the Idaho Potato Bowl, the Race for the Cure Bowl, the what? Visit St. Petersburg Bowl or some crap like that. Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl with West Virginia and Utah. Oh, that's right. It's not Visit St. Petersburg. It's uh, something else. But last year was the Bitcoin Bowl. (laughs) Yeah, Bitcoin rising up there. But uh, yeah, why not? So either way, these bowls are going to be going every day. Going to have a bowl to talk about. Uh, after this week, so get ready. Get bowl mania truly begins now, or has begun. Get a little break, and then you go back to that. But all right, so talking about a mania happening, Gas I'm not talking about that's it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not talking about WrestleMania, even though there is going to be a wrestling mogul back in the football business, possibly as Vince McMahon entertaining thoughts of bringing back the XFL. In fact, according to, listen, I'm, I'm not because we have a wrestling podcast. We have quite a few wrestling podcasts on our network. I'm sure every, every one of the wrestling podcasts will talk about this uh, during the week. So you'll get a feel of it from the wrestling side, but this is kind of cool to be able to talk about it from the football side though. So, you know, the 30 for 30 for the XFL happened the final moment of that is Dick Ebersol and Vince McMahon, who they have a long history before the XFL of having, you know, Saturday night's main event, all that stuff. 
So they were pretty much like lifelong friends talking and saying, what if we brought the XFL back today? And so you fast forward now, the NFL's ratings are lower uh, than they've been in a long time. You know, Vince McMahon starts out this this other company to fund sports and entertainment ventures away from WWE, uh, Alpha Entertainment, the connotations there for a man like Vince McMahon to have something called Alpha Entertainment is just, uh, <laughs> well, you know, that man, <laughs> that man talks about having large grapefruits all the time, so, you know, what would you expect? <laughs> Uh, so, saying, to me, it seems pretty obvious. Yeah. So, you know, talk about taking large grapefruits again and saying, okay, uh, not only that, but he's apparently bought the the copyrights or the, the rights to the, the UFL. Trademarks. Yes. To the UFL, which you know more about that league than I do. So explain okay. it to Yes. For those of you that remember Jay Gruden, Brooks Bollinger, Chris Greeson, Dennis Green, Marty Schottenheimer, Graham Gano, and the whole crew, the Sacramento Mountain Lions, the California Redwoods, the New York Sentinels, and every team playing with the exact colors of the UFL logo for that famous season in 2009, well, guess what? It's back. And hopefully they won't be like in 2011 or 2012 and have the season cut short. Or be like in Virginia to where attendance is so bad you don't even release the numbers. Or have players threaten to go on strike. Or have a game with only 600 fans. Well, let's see if this even has a season, first of all. Because... Even though they got it going pretty fast the first time, it helps when you have a big name like NBC behind you to help make that happen. Compared to Versus. Yeah, compared to Versus, well, which is also owned by NBC. But (laughs) now, not back in 2009. Well, not then, but now it's NBC Sports Network, so we'll see how that goes. But first of all, Will Vince McMahon have learned from his mistakes from the XFL? That's what's important here to learn about all this is there were plenty of mistakes that were made with that league. So let's let's look at this, Eric, from a perspective of knowing that the NFL is a much, much bigger power in 2017, 2018, 2019 when this season is probably actually going to be started. If they do it right, yes. Then it was in 2001 when this was going on. Oh, God. You aren't going to be able to compete (laughs) with the NFL in any way, shape, or form. And I think that's the number one thing that Vince has to realize. There is no reason to go around bashing the NFL. We know it's... The moniker of the No Fun League. There's no reason to go around doing the things you were doing in 2001. WWE is is fine. It's the number one leader in wrestling and all that stuff, but it's it's not booming like it was in 2001. There is no reason to go around acting like you're the hot shot in this this place. 
understand that the biggest thing you're going to be able to get is NFL light and be okay with that. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. if as long as you understand that concept, I think that's going to and and want to strive to be a really good number 2, then great. I I just can't see it the power of the NFL is too great right now to even entertain that idea. Yeah, and the thing about with other leagues that have competed, the original United Football League, they played games on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, smack in the middle of the NFL season. They had their championship games, the two that they did actually hold, right around Thanksgiving. Guess what? That was a failure. And you've had since then other spring leagues try to come up. A new USFL, the A11 Football League, the All-American Football League, the Spring Professional Football League. What happened? Some form or fashion, everything gets tied to money. If you go back to the original USFL of the 80s, the XFL was the only spring league that had any more to come of success whatsoever. That's something that you did right. Now, of course, Vince, you being you, being the man, yes, there were rumors back in 01 about things being scripted. You're already making the right step forming a separate company, so that way, if that even begins to come up now, you could shut that down. But you could be adding to, let's face it, an attempted market, a bit of a lacking market, but what you could turn into a thriving market. Just don't be yourself. Yeah, I'd imagine also that he has to have some kind of idea with TV as to where this is going to be. Do you think that... Now, I don't know how those contracts work as far as are they allowed to show... I think CBS has the AFL, right? So they should be allowed Mm -hmm. to show... You know, if NBC wanted yeah. to take XFL or what UFL or whatever it's going to be called mm-hmm. and put it on NBC Sports Network, they could, right? Absolutely. Yeah. NFL contracts are just for NFL games and any NFL-related programming use with that. There's no sort of exclusivity or whatever. As you said yourself, the AFL... They have their games on CBS Sports Network. They spent a couple of years airing the Arena Bowl on CBS itself. Everything was fair dinkum. So these same rules would apply. Another thing for me that I think is very important today in today's age of sports and the way that things are much more consumable today than they were in the past. So many more people are able to watch sports in so many different ways. And I think you might have more people watching this today than perhaps you did in the past. You have to be legit. You can't yeah. do what you did in 2001 and have Jerry the King Lawler and Jesse Body Ventura doing color commentary for football. You can't. You cannot cut corners in that way. You need to go find former football players, whether they be from college or the NFL. 
commentating, you need to find legit commentators. I mean, you can mm-hmm. cut corners there, find some up-and-coming guys, whatever. It doesn't have yeah. to be a big name. Yeah. Even the UFL, the original UFL, had Anita Marks and Cordell Stewart as two of their main commentators and play-by-play people. That was all well and good because they were former football players. Right, and, and that's fine. But, yeah, just don't do not involve the wrestling personalities in there at all. They don't need to show up there. I don't need to see John Cena on the board doing promotion. I don't need to see, you know, any of the other wrestlers at all. Keep this completely separate. And 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 if you're Vince, you need to take yourself away from WWE period. Let the hands go off. You've got your people there. You got Triple H and all those guys and commit yourself to this if you're going to do this. And get with whoever it's going to be, whether it's Dick Eversall or whoever other TV company gets it, and you figure out how to make this a legit product. You already had it, you know, inventions or innovations in the in the previous with the Skycam and all that. Figure out how you could do something differently the NFL doesn't do. As far as on the field goes, Eric, as as great as some of the stuff that the XFL did was or cool or different in its way. In 2017, 2018, 2019, a lot of that stuff you can't do right now. No, I mean, they let's flash back to 2001. I'm not even going to tell you what I was like as a 15-year-old because, well, we don't have enough time, and part of it might be disturbing. But nevertheless, that same 15-year-old looked at the scramble on TV, and I'm thinking, why doesn't the NFL do that? Now here I am approaching the age of 32, and I'm thinking, hey, how stupid are you to do that? Someone's going to get sued. And that's just one example. Oh, yeah, that's just one example. But, you know, you don't want anything that you have on your product the moment it starts where it could go badly for you. You, mm-hmm. you just don't want to do that. You don't want – that was really embarrassing. Let's be honest. You have Dick Buckus, one of the NFL's legendary players. Correct. Out there for that scramble. And the first thing that happens, somebody gets seriously injured. Ah, yes. I remember that. And I was like, okay, this um, – yeah, Part of the game. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the game, but it also makes you look absolutely dumb. And it makes you look like a joke from the beginning, and you don't want that. Again, you want to have the legitimacy. You want to be taken seriously. You don't, mm-hmm. You're going to have remnants of people talking about the XFL. This is If it's not called the XFL, that's all people are going to be talking about. The title of this thing is going to be the XFL Returns. Everybody talking about it is going to mention those three letters, even if it's not called that in the future. That's all people are going to be thinking about when it comes to Vince McMahon and football. You have got to – obviously, I'd imagine that with stuff going on with the way WWE is doing women's wrestling now, the way that all this stuff is going on with sexual harassment and – 
all that, there is not going to be an ounce of this whole, oh, let's do stuff with cheerleaders. I'd imagine that that's not even going to be in the question. Uh, but you never know with Vince in his old school ways. But for God's sake, somebody get in his ear and tell him, please, none of that. That's another thing that made you look absolutely ridiculous, especially when you got into that last part where you didn't give a crap and you started doing, you know, vignettes where a guy was going to the cheerleaders locker room and all that stuff. None of that. None of no. that at all. Again, me at 15, why aren't I old enough to be that guy? Me at 32, I could end up in prison. Yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> for me, like, I like the stuff where, uh, you know, they could send the receiver in motion already. I thought that was kind of innovative and something you can do in that kind of league that perhaps, you know, the NFL, they're more rigid. You got to be set. You can't, you know, already be in motion and go into the, you know, start, have a running start or anything like that. Uh, I can, think you can ahead. even make it like CFL rules to where every receiver can be in motion at the time of the snap. Yeah, I think one thing that they have to make, you know, this whole thing about, oh, there's not real football anymore. Well, I know the XFL had the deal with the, you know, they had bigger hits and all that stuff. You can't do that in this day and age. Concussions are a real thing. Uh, You're having that problem in wrestling. There was a lawsuit in wrestling just like there was in the NFL with people trying to get WWE to pay for, hey, did you know about concussions or not? And did you withhold mm-hmm. that information from us? So do you want that lawsuit going on for the XFL? No. You you still have to have the independent doctors. You have to have all those things that the NFL has uh, because you may want to be more aggressive or, or whatever it is that you're going to try to promote this as. But it's still a very dangerous sport, and I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to sacrifice and say, look, you guys want this real football stuff, whatever you feel like real football it is. They're, they're taking these protections in Pop Warner. You just, mm-hmm. I just don't think you can do this anymore in, no. in this day and age. And I mean, and this is just going across the board to all sports. I mean, we talked off air about the big three. You look at week one of the big three. It was branded as three-on-three, more kind of a streetball fashion. Games were kind of long, so that was one issue. But you had a couple of big-name players get injured and miss the entire season just in that first week. So what did the Ice Cube and all the top brass behind big three do? Shorten the game, told the rest, call it tighter. Rest of the season was a breeze. Now you're in a great position for expanding rosters, live TV. They did what they had to do from the get-go to not only have the rest of season one being fantastic, but set themselves in great position for season two. The UFL, XFL, URFL, UXFL, ABC, XYZ, FL, whatever letters it wants to use, they need to do the same thing. Set yourself up the right way, taking all of this in and learning from those mistakes. Player safety, health, helmets, rules, everything. 
setting yourself up for a great season one so you can even have a season two. Yeah, and I think this idea of, oh, we're going to be the league that calls less fouls. The problem with calling less fouls is, okay, the moment that you let some really obvious fouls not go called because you don't want to be the league that calls a bunch of fouls, you're going to be seen as a joke. You're going to have if, – if you have a bunch of fouls that don't get called that cost the team a game and that happens over a period of weeks or in various games in one week, you're going to be – you don't want to do anything that causes people to not watch. You're already in the offseason for the NFL. You are a prime target for people to want to watch. They're going to give you a shot in that first year. You have to do everything to catch their attention. And you also, again, it goes back to that legitimacy thing. You have to make people feel like what they're watching is worth it. And it's not just, oh, we're trying to be so different from the NFL that we're not understanding. There's just basic things that need to happen. And there's being different. And then there's also just being on the on the edge over somewhere else. And again, if Vince can understand the whole, it's okay to be NFL light in this situation because people are starving for a different look, something that's not the NFL, something that's not going to be sitting there talking about, oh my God, this guy kneeled, this guy didn't kneel, uh, you know, all the the machinations with the domestic violence and all the other stuff that happens at the NFL, the corporatism of it. Everything else, hey, you could get Colin Kaepernick to play for a team. Yeah, absolutely. And and people might want to be watching. Now, there might be a lot of people that don't watch because of that, but you're going to get people's attention if that happens, you know? So I'd be calling Colin Kaepernick up right now and be like, hey, will you play for us? Like, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of positive that can come out of this. You just have to take this the right way and understand logistics of 2018 19 sports and not try to do like you do a lot of times with your wrestling let's take it back to the way it was in 2001 no it's not gonna work that way Mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i'm hoping that even if he does start this even if he stays hands off that he doesn't get these flashbacks and memories and wants to relive and reignite his grudge against Bob Costas. And if things go well, all of a sudden get his hands into the cookie jar. Because then that would create a lot of issues. If he is smart enough of a businessman that he's proven to be and hires the right people and just does his own thing elsewhere, this league could potentially be a hit. If they yeah, you, you don't need him being the center of attention of it because again no. it's gonna get it's gonna get at attention right but it's gonna get at the wrong kind of attention where you know again like we're we're in that spot where everybody knows what WWE is everybody knows it's scripted everybody knows whatever and WWE's kind of in that vernacular now where it's it's cool it's okay you have mainstream media covering it weekly or most of the time or whatever, which is different from the way it was in 2001. It wasn't covered that way, but it was boomy. It was a big deal. Everybody watched it. Mm -hmm. You don't want 
that feeling of, oh, this is just, this is that wrestling, but NFL football or, or whatever. Like, his personality is great, great and all, but you don't need to be out there before every game doing the big speech and all that stuff and whatever. You know, do it for the first game and then go in the shadows. You know, mm-hmm. let football people handle it. Let that be, let it, let the game be about the game. You know, not be about you. Again, if the UFL with the wound up being terrible league that was run back in those days, if it could draw names like Marty Schottenheimer, whatever league you're running now, you can get big name players, big name coaches if you do it right. Don't let your own ego get in the way of success. Yeah, I mean, do you think this will wind up? There's also rumors it could wind up uh, an indoor league and perhaps take the place of the AFL or, or you know, just become the dominant indoor league. I don't feel. I mean, yes, it's an easy avenue, right? But I feel like crowded. It's crowded, number one. Number two, if you want any of those players that don't go in the draft to go into your league or you want it to be taken seriously, you want players to say, oh, okay, I can go play in this league in the spring and summer and then I'll be ready mm-hmm. next season or I could get picked up by an NFL team during the season because of the way they saw me play. Uh I don't think you get that with the Arena League because there's always that stigma with the Arena League that it's not taken the same way. I think it needs to be an outdoor league, but that's the number one thing too. You have to be okay with playing in the the off months. Don't try to compete directly because oh, in and originally yeah, and originally he didn't do that. Now the one downside was he had it set up to where the million dollar game was late April, so. If you have it to where maybe your season starts in March and ends around late July, that you get as a perfect sweet spot. Because when you hit the nail on the head with the different arena and indoor leagues. Well, you could end in June as well. As long as you're not ending during the draft area, you're okay. Right, right. And you said it about the various arena and indoor leagues. What's supposed to be the top dog in the AFL, they're having problems. They just had a team take, at minimum, a two-year hiatus, if not fold completely. Then you have new startup leagues, the NAL, AAL, they've had issues. The IFL is having issues with teams. You have the CIF. You have all kinds of other leagues that are starting up. Nobody's taking them seriously anyway, just because of their internal strife. On top of that, all these players, the NFL really doesn't pick up a lot of guys. You know who does? The CFL. You have teams that are joined Canada mid-season, have their great success, and then that's where NFL teams pluck them from. Guys who make the jump right closer to training camp, it never works out. Right. So, yeah, I mean, there's still a ton that has to happen with this. Obviously, the announcement's not coming until, I think, next month. So there'll be more speculation. 
what? January, January 25th? 25th, if I read right. <laughs> so, you know, this this is all going to be speculation until it happens. I'm sure more stuff will come out to get things closer to what you would expect it to be by the time you get to January 25th. But uh, we'll see how that goes right now. This is a rumor that's gaining some steam, and it's interesting to talk about, to think that, you know, there might be another football league rolling around and playing in the times where the NFL isn't. Uh, I'd like to see it. I just hope that, again, Vince understands the reality of 2018-2019 sports and also understands that he can't be the figure or whatever, you've got to let football take precedent if you're going to do this. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm, like I said, I'm sure there will be more to talk about. So, And Sunday, there's a lot of NFL action that should be really, really, really interesting and really fun to watch. And I'll be back on Monday night after the Falcons-Bucks game to talk about what happened uh, in those games on Sunday. Uh, until then, enjoy that, that red zone window and everything else, and uh, we'll see you later, buddy. Peace. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.